questions about yesterday's animation animations. Saturday morning cartoon fair. Days past to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nickelodeon. Thundercats. Ghostbusters. Transformers. DuckTales. Days. Days. Days past to That's not a particularly deep show. So you will like us. Hello and welcome to the Days Past Tooncast. My name is Will. My name is Travis. And on this podcast, we have adult conversations about yesterday's animations. Travis, I want to I wanna shoot some shit with you here, but I won't. We don't got time. We are covering a cartoon today that is known the world around. Pop culture. Yes, sir. Oh, this is way pop culture. I, in fact, it's almost more pop culture than it is cartoon at this point. You're very right. And in covering it, we're going to touch on a little bit of everything. Organized crime. Dinosaurs. Yeah. Aliens. Uh-huh. Comedy. Mm-hmm. Family. Mm. The modern Stone Age. Yeah. Family. <laughs> Today we're covering the only cartoon that guarantees you a yabba dabba do time. Oh, Legally, man. it is the only one that can do that. <laughs> I like to say that we're going to uh-huh. show you a yabba dabba do time today, but can't do that. Copywritten. Of course, you know that we are talking about the Flintstones. Yabba dabba do. Before the Simpsons, before the Family Guy, before the Bob's Burgers, this, The Flintstones, was the first animated primetime sitcom. This showed for adults. Uh-huh. Like they were, it was probably between Andy Griffith and some other right. bullshit. Right, yeah, yeah. The, fir- yeah. the first tune to really get in that primetime slot. It is part of our cultural heritage, but when is the last time that you saw a Flintstones cartoon, <laughs> aside from watching it for this episode? <laughs> a long time. A long time. They are not known for being cartoons at this point. Right. It's, that's that's a, a secondary part of their existence. <laughs> they're, they're known as ice cream and... Oh, man, the push-up pops. I forgot. <laughs> yes, I yes. forgot. That was my favorite sick day thing. Orange push-up pop. The yeah. orange and the cherry were uh-huh. the ones you wanted. The grapes were the leftovers. Right. You yep. didn't want the grapes until you were done with the, the other ones. The orange. You wanted the orange, baby. Yeah. Give me the orange. A yabba, dabba, a dabba, do. Yeah, Flintstone push-up. That's what's cool. Push-up, Flintstone push-up. A modern sherbet tree. A taste right out of history. Push-up. A booty flavor. Their greatest legacy may be cereal oh, yes. and children's vitamins. Uh-huh. <laughs> I forget. When I say Fruity Pebbles, if yeah. I say something, because there are things that just taste kind of like Fruity Pebbles out there in the world. Right. It's one of the flavors. There's salty, fatty, <laughs> sugary, fruity, and fruity, fruity pebbly. Yes. When I say Fruity Pebbles, I never think of the Flintstones. Not at all. They used nope. to use them to advertise them, uh-huh. and it's named after a character on the show, uh-huh. but it's just a thing you get at the store. It's it's just like Cheerios. Yep, it's a thing. It's, yeah, it grew, it grew its own fame. <laughs> Watch me trick Fred out of his Fruity Pebbles. Bonnie, my pebbles. Post Fruity Pebbles cereal, part of this complete breakfast. And then, of course... The Flintstones kids' vitamins. Yes, sir. I didn't take them as a kid. I have, I'm not good about making that a habit, uh-huh. taking vitamins, and I really should because my <laughs> eating habits are uh, post-apocalyptic. <laughs> Cockroach-esque. <laughs> Cockroaches survive on what uh-huh. I, I, I eat. Yep. So I have gummy vitamins, and they've been there for a year now, and, oh. I, and I've eaten five of them or something because uh-huh. I just don't think of it. You're like, I have rickets now. <laughs> yes. 
this world takes a little growing into. And 10 million kids are getting all the vitamins they need to help them grow with Flintstones. We are Flintstones kids. What's a Flintstone taste like? <laughs> Chalky cherries yeah, and right? <laughs> lemon flavoring? <laughs> Flintstones, America's favorite. This ad campaign with that, that that's from about 1990 there. Shout out. And I think they ran that for a while in the 90s. So you and I grew up seeing these commercials, hearing that song. Uh huh. Yep. A few things looking back on it, because I was like, oh, for, you know, Flintstones vitamins, everybody, that that's a part of your breakfast for yeah. some people. <laughs> Fruity pebbles and a vitamin. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The commercials are always children doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Like they're on the one that we're watching. Uh, it's two kids trying to get up high enough to play a piano, uh-huh. which they, they're they not tall enough. So right. you don't get to play the piano. Yeah. And they're saying 10 million strong and growing uh, as if it's, it is a threat of we are <laughs> we're brainwashing your children through palatable vitamins uh-huh. because they're the only vitamins that any kid wanted to eat. <laughs> And no other, I guess, no other animated character in pop culture tastes as good uh-huh. as a chalkified Flintstone. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Heavy chalk. I certainly don't think of it as a cartoon anymore, like we're saying. Not at all. Seems like most people aren't thinking of watching a cartoon with the Flintstones. The setup for it, the concept of it, I mean, we all know it's cavemen, it's prehistory. Uh-huh. Wilma, Betty. Wilma, Betty. Uh, Barney. Yeah, all the, all the goodness. At its heart. It is really just, you take a classic 60s sitcom. Uh-huh. So you have two families that live next door to each other. Yeah. That's always what it is. <laughs> yes. You have got the Flintstones. Uh-huh. You have got Fred, the patriarch, really the, the main character of the yep. show, Fred Flintstone. And he is, he's not brusque. He he is just a 60s man, I uh-huh. guess. A 60s father figure. Kind of modeled after the the Jackie Gleason honeymooners, right? Uh, Very much so. <laughs> yes. So they that was the most popular show on the air at uh, the yeah, time. It still or, is. It's still um, prime time. And your household. Yes. Yeah. No, it hasn't been canceled at all <laughs> for many threats of violence towards the, the wife on the show. Right. right. Yeah, it was enough based on that that they, <laughs> Jackie Gleason looked into suing them to have it taken off the air. Rightfully so. And his lawyers said, do you really want to be the guy? You can do this. But do you really want to be the guy to kill Fred Flintstone? And he was smart. He said, you know what? I'll, I'll take my suitcase and leave. Uh, give me <laughs> yeah. some more money and I'm good. Fred Flintstone, he's kind of likably sweetly not he's not that smart he was homer simpson before homer simpson and, and this is just this is the legacy of sitcoms this <laughs> yes. is every care every male i mean i have a lot to say about that that uh-huh. i'm gonna hold on to some of it okay because i don't want you to eat the whole meal and get sick yeah <laughs> thank you but yeah he is very much in the mold of large doofus man married to attractive woman uh-huh who puts up with him this this standard of of you know man and wife that we have had for so long yeah yes wilma is his wife she's cartoon beautiful i, I would Her think so and the neighbor betty yes. I, it's funny how we all <laughs> have just decided that these simple drawings are attractive uh-huh. women. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're cartoon beautiful for sure <laughs> barney rubble and betty rubble are the family next door and fred and barney work together down at the rock quarry, rock quarry. <laughs> yes <laughs> everything on this show is either rock stone Rock or Crag, rock. rock. I mean, it. All it's not even wordplay. <laughs> a lot of the time, it is just it's like a really bad Mad Libs. Yes, I swear they must have had a well-worn geology book just at the ready on the table. That's just like what is a ah, lava. Uh-huh. But you've got these two families. The guys get into hijinks usually. They're yeah. basically the children of the show. Heavy hijinks. And the ladies are homemakers. Mm-hmm. And they play mom to the boys who get into trouble. Yes. 
And that's that's it. That is a classic sitcom that describes many, many sitcoms. <laughs> it does. Then what you do is you slap a coat of caveman on everything. <laughs> the fashion is animal print moo-moos. Architecture becomes stone slab houses. Transportation is wooden cars that you drive with your feet. Mm-hmm. They have all of the amenities of 1960s middle America. Yep. And they still don't have shoes somehow. <laughs> Everybody's barefoot running around in a car. Calluses the the size of Texas Uh, on everyone. Corns out the wazoo. (laughs) So that's fun. It's so blatantly disrespectful to the idea of history and science. (laughs) You have to respect it. But now what I want to do, I want to 86 the technology Mm -hmm. and substitute dinosaurs. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Anything that is not made out of a rock that is uh, the equivalent of 60s technology it's a dinosaur. Yeah. Dinosaur for your shower. Uh-huh. Dinosaur, f- how you punch in at work. For your vacuum. Yes, for your computer, <laughs> for your phone. If we if we were in Flintstones world right now, we would listen to podcasts on tiny dinosaurs that could imitate Joe Rogan and NPR, <laughs> regaling you with stories. The dinosaurs are basically service animals. And when I say service, I mean, they're in the service industry. Mm-hmm. They're not... Tra- like they're not even considered citizens or and I of course they're not they're animals right yeah except some of them talk <laughs> maybe only to the camera there's a lot of talking to the camera a lot of breaking that fourth wall yeah all of the dinosaurs who work as service <laughs> service animals, animals I guess <laughs> yes are they're all so world weary uh-huh they always turn to the camera and say that ah, it's a living or Oh, this again. Like in the episode we watched, there was a turtle, which is not even, I guess it's technically a dinosaur because they haven't updated turtles in a billion years. They're the first. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. They're the first dinosaurs, man. I guess. I mean, they're the same as they ever were. gators. Yeah, you're right. But they used one of those in in an episode that we watched where it was a wind-up turtle. Uh All it it is is a turtle (laughs) with a little wind-up key strapped to its back. Uh And when they do it so that it'll be a toy, he just looks at the camera and says, Oh boy, here we go again. Well, as long as it makes the kids happy. Are turtles a a young man's game? Would you put them as a young man's game or or is that No, I feel like they're an old man's game. (laughs) The most fun is just to sit down and commune with a big old old turtle. And those giant tortoises just seem like you could just sit with them and and glean so much wisdom from being Uh in their presence. No, dinosaurs are a young man's game. Okay, okay. you're right. You're right. Yeah, I didn't know if. Yes, uh, that's our official stance. Okay, turtles, despite being basically unchanged for all of eternity, (laughs) they're not dinosaurs to me, and therefore old man's game. And it's the attitude of each of these animals. It's always like they, they're they the ones that shower you, like they're just holding water in their stomach, uh-huh. waiting for you to <laughs> sit under them, spewing it out. Right. But the attitude, yeah. it's like all of them had dreams. I, like they had a football scholarship that they lost when they got injured, and now they're stuck punching the clock for the rest <laughs> of their lives. <laughs> and that's the attitude they all have. And it's just like, I'm the dinosaur that the Flintstones shit in uh-huh. every day. Well, <laughs> it's a living. <laughs> As far as when I was a kid watching the show, yeah, I liked the idea of it, but it always seemed a little boring, uh, especially 100%. it started off in black and white. Yeah. And those, it's just an automatic. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. As a kid, it just, I don't, I just, did you, did you catch the black and white ones? I mean, they would show them all on, oh, on man, reruns. I, 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 never, I never caught those. I, they weren't 
they weren't my speed. <laughs> they weren't sought I will after. say. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> whenever I see black and white cartoons as a kid, it looked like it belonged on TMC uh-huh. or on Nick at Night after Green Acres, you know, like, and that's just shit. <laughs> oh, that Green Acres was like, you got to turn the TV off it's immediately. It's time to go to bed. Yeah. Or Mama's, or Mama's Family. I'm like, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's bedtime. Yeah. It's, it's bedtime. Time. Now. I'm like, I now need to put myself to sleep. Uh-huh. I have gone too far. <laughs> and just in general, the show just wasn't all the madcap fun that I wanted it to be as a kid. And I think it's because it's not all that cartoony, despite all the shit that we just said, talking dinosaurs and stone cars. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not especially cartoony because we've joked about how recently how He-Man seems like a sitcom. Yeah. But this is 100% designed to be a sitcom. You're right. It is meant yeah. to just be a sitcom and they happen to be cavemen. They, yeah, like you said, they, they molded sitcoms after this was <laughs> created. <laughs> it you know it what contributed. I mean? It did. Hanna-Barbera, the famous cartoon studio, of course, is behind the Flintstones. It's mm-hmm. one of their cornerstones. Yes. Oh, <laughs> damn it, boy. Or a milestone. They were looking in, I guess, the late 50s. It's crazy that it was going on that early. I thought Top Cat and Huckleberry Hound were later, but they had been doing that kind of cartoon. Yeah. And they were getting branded a kids content only company, Mm -hmm. which I know that animation is for anything, but how bad were they like edgy dudes, Hannah and Barbara, (laughs) that they really wanted to break out of the ghetto of we make kids cartoons that are very popular, Uh, right? Like they they had a ton of hits, but they were interested in getting that part of the audience that they didn't have. Yeah. The adults, (laughs) they decided to do a sitcom and the ideas that they had, like they just knew they wanted a sitcom and they wanted it to be, I guess, to justify why it's animated to make it a little wacky. Mm -hmm. So they had some other ideas besides cavemen that they were going to want to try out. They considered hillbillies. Mm -hmm. Sure. Ancient Romans, Uh, the ever popular setting. You're right. Yeah. (laughs) Pilgrims mm. and Native Americans. Well, uh, Pilgrims do have Plymouth Rock. <laughs> Sorry. You're you're a gem. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thankfully, they did before they landed on the Stone Age, they went through those. Some of those would have been we would now be looking at them in the Disney vault if they were owned by Disney. Like oh, they would for be sure. sealed away in the Hanna-Barbera vault as a, we never did that. What are you talking oh, about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look over here. Look over here. Yeah. Those files are sealed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a, like you said, it is based largely on the honeymooners. Again, two yeah. families, man and wife. I mean, Fred never, I've never seen Fred threaten to hit Wilma. No. So that they've evolved more <laughs> past that point. Um, but he, he, he did that behind the scenes. <laughs> maybe so. So it was truly a sitcom down to a canned laugh track, uh, like sitcoms mm-hmm. at the time, which uh, some of them filmed in front of live studio audiences. They didn't film this. They didn't animate this over a course of months in front of a live <laughs> studio audience. in front of a live studio audience. Yeah. Can you imagine that everyone's sleeping? I, I, the best you could do is like go in front of a live studio audience and get someone with a lot of charisma to either act out or just tell them the plot. Uh-huh. I'm like, what do you think is funny? What about this? Or just make some jokes and then capture the laughter. It's not completely off from what yeah. they did. At the, and it's a complicated story that is is bigger than what is our scope right now. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. going to do it due diligence. All I'm going to say is that the laughs came from a guy named Charles Douglas. He invented what they ended up calling a laugh box, mm. which was a playable. It was almost like an organ, a transportable organ that had tape loops of audience reactions that he could play kind of like a keyboard and mix different reactions together so that it wouldn't just be the oh sudden gosh, start and stop. Man, that's yes. crazy. And I believe that was used to make the laughter on 
the Flintstones. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, now you could just walk around with your iPhone, like with the soundboard app, and just play <laughs> right, laughter right. to after everything you say, yeah, which yeah, is, yeah. I'm considering. <laughs> Once Hanna-Barbera landed on cavemen, not Native Americans, I, I hope that wasn't like they weren't in contention for this or this. Right. I was 1959. Uh-huh. They were pitching in 1959 for two months, like heavy. They were really, again, what bit them on the ass uh. if they felt they had to be taken seriously in a different way. <laughs> right. And, and therefore made the Flintstones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they had no bites until they reached a then young company, a then young network called ABC. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Which to my mind now, is only below CBS as far as fuddy-duddy territory. Yes, yes, Like, it goes, CBS is for Uh 80-year-olds. ABC (laughs) is for 60-year-olds. Then NBC is for a large swath of people. And then Fox, I don't know anymore. It's for assholes. I guess it's for, yeah, it's for assholes and kids. (laughs) (laughs) Kids are assholes. Yes, they are. ABC, they were a young, it is like what happened with Fox and The Simpsons. When The Simpsons was being pitched to Fox, they were a new network at the time. Yeah. And they took on The Simpsons partly because of edginess and partly just to have anything that was different and just programming. You got to have shit on the air. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was similar here. This was, ABC was a young network and they wanted to take a risk. They were willing to take a risk on The Flintstones. Uh-huh. And it worked out. <laughs> Because it was super popular. Uh-huh. The show was very well received. The first two seasons, at least one of them, maybe both of them were in black and white. They didn't even have the famous Flintstones theme song that we all know. Yes. That everybody can sing. They actually just had a orchestral score. It's just, it was so much more a normal sitcom even than it became. And it never got, well... It did eventually get a little wacky, but we'll get to that in a second. It never just entered into action adventure territory or My Little Pony territory. Right. <laughs> it was popular enough and it was going to be seen by enough eyes that ABC got the show sponsored very early on. The Flintstones, brought to you by Winston, America's best-selling, best-tasting filter cigarette. Uh, Winston tastes good, like a cigarette should. So this is back at a time when, if a show was sponsored, uh-huh. the people who were on the show would actually talk to you, the viewer. Yeah. It is kind of like how podcasts are now, where yeah. they, you do your own ads. And they got the Flintstones, the cartoon characters, to smoke on screen and address the audience about how great, how they're in flavor country, and how <laughs> how there's 20 cigarettes in a pack. Can you believe it? Winston is the one filter cigarette that delivers flavor 20 times a pack. Filter blend makes the big taste difference, and only Winston has it up front where it counts. Here, ahead of the pure white filter. And the one that we're watching, the one that we watched, they're watching their wives mow the lawn and do laundry, <laughs> and they they escape because they don't want to see them do work. They uh-huh. feel bad. <laughs> You want to take a nap? It's just as as 1960 as you get. Uh, Wow. Winston tastes good like a cigarette should. The goal of a sitcom, I mean, really, of any TV show is to run as long as humanly possible. Yeah. As long as they will let you stay on the air, you want to run that shit (laughs) into the ground. But specifically a sitcom, uh, unlike, I don't know, a Breaking Bad, is to stay on as long as possible without ever changing but also seeming like it's changed enough uh-huh. that you're not just seeing the same episode yeah, every the, single time. The, yeah, that you're keeping some sort of yes. interest. It's the illusion of change without change. Yeah, you nailed it. At some point, 
most of them get it wrong. Sooner or later, I mean, maybe a lot of them just suck. Yeah. If they run for long <laughs> enough, but there is a term for when they get it wrong. Yes. When a TV show expires and isn't taken off the shelf. Uh-huh. The term is jump the shark. That, of course, comes from a famous episode, infamous episode of Happy Days, where the Fonz enters a contest, a water skiing contest, <laughs> and has to jump over at least a shark. I thought it might be a few. Seems like that's not that yeah. big a deal, but... Yeah, one yeah, one shark. I got that. Easy for me to say, I hate, I'm so afraid of sharks. I would never go near... I wouldn't be there. You're I wouldn't like, even be by, at the beach. You're like, and oceans. <laughs> yes. And that, for some, is where the credibility of the show, however much it had before that, uh-huh. went out the door. Like, it lost itself along the way. And so that became the term. Uh-huh. If, if a show has jumped the shark, it means that they're out of ideas, that it's lost the idea of its original premise. Sometimes it's that they're continuing past someone important leaving, whether it's Steve Carell on The Office or a behind-the-scenes producer like Dan Harmon leaving Community or being fired from Community. Yeah, For yeah. some, it's like, that's you You shouldn't, you should have stopped. Mm, yep. Basically, the show is low on gas and higher ups are saying they can make it a few more exits before pulling over. Yep. And at best, you're going to stall out on the highway. And at worst, the car's a ball of flame and somebody's calling for the jaws of life. Uh-huh. That is how it can end when you jump the shark and you don't stop the train. So jump the shark is bad, right? It bad. <laughs> it's it, bad, right? It very bad. <laughs> and the Flintstones was on for six seasons. 60 to 66. Mm-hmm. That's enough time to fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need long. <laughs> Not least, at all. <laughs> and, and I would say that if you and I probably as viewers, they never really fucked it up. No. If someone was like a big Flintstone head, a yabba dabba dork, uh. then they might say, oh, well, those first two seasons were hard hitting sitcom, edgy comedy. Gold. And then once they started having babies and shit and the show became a fucking kid's show, uh-huh. that's when they <laughs> lost it. I like I like the smoking cigarettes, yeah. Flintstones. If they're smoking, they're poking, and that's how I like my Flintstones. Mm. But I mean, for you and I, I would say that would probably be the episodes where we would have, as kids, gotten engaged, if <laughs> in, if at all. In season three, yep. Wilma and Fred did not have a kid, nor did Barney and Betty. Until season three, Wilma gets pregnant, and these two, at the time, Lucy and Desi were having to sleep in different beds. Uh-huh, yeah. Fred and Wilma were sleeping in the same stone bed. So you know... They were getting busy. Oh, man. Because cavemen, the way cavemen do it. Cavemen have no couth. They're, un- <laughs> they're uncouth. They hadn't even invented couth yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Evolutionarily, couth wasn't even on the horizon. Oh, you're right. You're right. They get pregnant and they have a, a very adorable little like, rock. They have a rock. <laughs> well, they name her Pebbles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so close enough. I guess because she's like a pebble. If they're a rock, then she's a little pebble. That's cute. We'll chip off the you pebble. Know, that's cute. She is a very adorable, like the design, the little ponytail on top. Yeah. She's an adorable little baby girl with red hair. Mm-hmm. And uh, the namesake of Fruity Pebbles. Good cereal. So I guess next season, season four, Barney and Betty are jealous and say, I don't know if that's true, but you know, it's it's it stands to reason that Betty maybe. No, it's, it's a real thing. One of it them happens. starts needling the other about, well, why are they having kids and we're not? Are you not man enough? Well, somebody was to blame uh, genetically, I guess, uh-huh. because they couldn't get pregnant. They actually dealt to whatever extent they would have in 1964 uh-huh. with infertility on the Flintstones. I assume they don't say like, well, we've been having sex every night and she's ovulating. I don't think they're talking about that, uh-huh. but they tried. They could not. And therefore, they adopted a little white haired boy named Bam Bam. Bam Bam. Have you seen these images of extremely fit 
kids. Oh, yeah. Kids that are two feet tall and just muscled up. <laughs> yes, it's inappropriate. It is. Okay. That's Bam Bam. Uh-huh. Uh, he's not drawn that way so much, but the kid, in the episode that we watched, he is just slamming power cleans, like with a full set of dumbbells. <laughs> And he always, like, when he shakes somebody's hand or picks, he picks up Barney all the time and just slams him into the uh, ground, right. not knowing his own boom, strength. Boom, boom, boom. If you're going to have a strong kid, you got to get them under emotional control. Oh, for sure. If your kid can both overpower you and emotionally control you, you have lost the parenting game. You're right. With the introduction of these little babies, the show became more kid-oriented. I get I guess. I mean, just the presence of children doesn't necessarily have to mean that, but that's the story. Uh-huh. It skewed the audience young. They lost some of the adults that had been watching. The Flintstone heads. The, the, the Yabba Dabba Dorks. Yeah. So their answer to get people back in uh-huh. season six was to introduce an alien genie. Yep. In the metaphor I used earlier, the, the car is on fire. <laughs> you need to pull over yeah. and call... <laughs> the authorities. Uh-huh. Call, the car's call, on fire. Call the Jetsons. Yes. They have them help you <laughs> yes. out. Yes. They introduce an alien in the last season for 11 episodes. A lot of shows, sitcoms, they will over time introduce either shitty or weird elements that uh-huh. you get used to. Yep. It's the boiling a frog approach where it's like if you turn up the heat on us over time, we won't notice that the show's gone bad. And then we'll find ourselves defending a really shitty show that we're still attached to. Walking Dead. I get it. For you, yeah. I was <laughs> off of that train a long time ago. Baby, I'm still I'm still on that. <laughs> you just can't you can't quit it. I can't quit it. Sometimes they do that. They will just give it to you over time. They're taking the Black Widow approach. Mm. They put a little bit of poison in your meal every night or a little bit of ground up glass until you're used to it. Sometimes they just dump a tiny green spaceman in your lap and say, this is the show now. This is the shit sandwich you ordered, right? (laughs) I wish an alien would pop up on The Walking Dead. (laughs) I wished for this. Honestly, what they did, I wish they would do on any show that has expired Uh because it is the funniest choice that they could make. Just get stupid with it. Yes. The fellow's name, The Great Gazoo. Mm -hmm. Not Kazoo. Yeah, Sounds like that. (laughs) It does. It does. This is a tiny alien green man. <laughs> Travis is showing me a picture of him <laughs> snapping, <laughs> smiling and snapping. He's adorable. He's got little antenna on his little green helmet. He kind of looks like he would be a crossing guard. He does. Yeah, I like him. He's yeah. cute. Oh, no, he's great. He's very cute. Yeah. He was banished from the planet Zitox or yep. Zetox. Yes, sir. But also banished from the future. Uh. He he comes from a future planet <laughs> called Zetox. As punishment for making a doomsday device. Yeah, a, a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah, a WMD <laughs> on this motherfucker. And we, is that how we got rid of, is that actually what we did to Saddam? Uh-huh. Is just send him back in time to another planet? Right. A doomsday device, and apparently just because he said everyone else has one. Uh-huh. What is this character? <laughs> so he's sent back in time to another planet, to prehistoric Earth. He is required to do good deeds for whoever finds him first, and guess who that is? Fred. Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble. Those two knuckleheads. (laughs) He speaks in a pseudo British. He speaks like he's above everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. His attitude Uh is absolutely above everything. Quiet. I must concentrate. (laughs) Now, dum-dums, you wish to speak to me? Any more questions, dum-dums? Only those two can see him, and he is nigh omnipotent. He snaps, and reality changes. Yep. (laughs) This is what they've dumped into their Stone Age sitcom. Right. His name, and we got to be careful, just to give a tiny a tiny piece of trivia here. Okay. His name comes from a song from 
the very early 1900s, 1909, 1911, that area, a ragtime song called King of the Bungaloos. Mm. If you can't tell by that title, it is a very problematic mm. racist song that I think I'm only going to play the words. One word. Great Gazoo, because <laughs> he says something about the Great Gazoo in it. Mm. For some reason, that's where they took it from. Gotcha. It was by a vaudeville singer named Gene Green. It tells me I'm a great gazoo. And that's all we need from him. <laughs> and season six, the Great Gazoo season, yep. maybe the best season mm-hmm. of the Flintstones, yep. for our purposes, certainly. <laughs> that is the season from which we took the episode sample that we studied mm-hmm. to understand the Flintstones. Yes. Season six, episode 18, with a, a very art house sounding title, <laughs> Two Men on a Dinosaur. It, is. it sounds like a, a, you know, like a title of a painting, but Avant-garde. then it's just squiggles yeah. and then a, a cutout of a magazine of a dinosaur. <laughs> it originally aired February 4th, 1966, basically 55 years ago. Right? That's this crazy. Is nuts. That is nuts. It's wild. <laughs> and I don't believe it. Uh-uh. The main focus of this episode, their equivalent of the horse races. Yeah. <laughs> Which means dinosaur races. Uh So I guess if there's an animal or a machine, it's a dinosaur now. Right. And they have, like on the Flintstones, they have Dino, who is their pet, who doesn't talk and doesn't have any service jobs. Uh Maybe he goes out and has shifts. And is not trained by any stretch of the imagination. A lot of the humor on the Flintstones is about how Fred hates how he hasn't trained his animals Uh and they jump on him. (laughs) And he gets really mad about it. He does. He does. Guess what, buddy? You're in charge of that. Train that thing. Dino and the generic Flintstones dinosaur is a weird, smallish, brontosaurus-style dinosaur, but it has hair. Uh, it has three hairs on top of its this head. It's just a little tuft. I mean, I guess dinosaurs, uh, this is proof. Dinosaurs are a young man's game. It's always changing. I bet at the time they thought dinosaurs <laughs> maybe have a few hairs. <laughs> always changing. Always changing. You can't keep up with it. I stopped trying to keep up with it. Yeah. I know when I'm licked. Uh-huh. That's for a young man. A, yeah, as as soon as the brontosaurus wasn't a real thing, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> Hands up. I'm walking backwards now. I've given up. I I, just, I had put so much into the brontosaurus, you know? I really had. Well, they 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 did seem to be the one maybe Stega, here, here's your three basic dinos. Yeah. Uh-huh. Stegosaurus, yep. Tyrannosaurus Rex, and Brontosaurus. Brontosaurus These yeah. are the three that you, I mean, and if you want to go a little bit further out, you have a water one, the Plesiosaurus, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. and more importantly, the Pterodactyl. Those are your, those are your pillars. Yeah. Those you got your, your, your team of pillars. five. If yeah. I was going to, if I was going to assemble a, a, a dinosaur's Avengers, yeah. that's them. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, the Hulk doesn't exist. Yeah. He was never there. That was a bit much. He was an accidental uh. skeleton. <laughs> we shouldn't be trusting anything they did back then. <laughs> So Fred and Barney are watching on television the dino races, which is their equivalent of the horse races. Um, Gambling, baby. Gambling. We're into smoking and gambling. The names of the dinosaurs. I don't want to go through all of them. Okay. I just want to show everybody. I just want to, I want to call out the writers on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. Okay. Please. Flying Granite. Mm Mm-hmm. Royal Marble. Mm Mm-hmm. Slippery Slag. Uh Uh-huh. Geology Book. Yeah. It's... (laughs) It's covered in stains. Quartz, quartz. And this is just, I mean, they can't help themselves, I guess. And they're being ridden by monkey jockeys. So mammals do exist mm-hmm. as well as dinosaurs. <laughs> Has the ice age happened? Are there saber-toothed tigers? 
they also eat dinosaurs. Fred Flintstone orders a Bronto burger uh-huh. and a, a, fake, a, a fake burger, I guess. Also, yeah, exactly. Where are we? That's the impossible burger. Yeah, it is. is Ooh, the Bronto yes. burger. You're right. He also orders the spare. He says, don't spare the spare ribs. Uh-huh. And they bring him a rib <laughs> that is the size of his car. So he is eating the same things that also wash him and have enough sentience to address the camera. And he owns a dinosaur. Look. <laughs> Fred Fred is an early hominid, so he's an animal almost. I I don't know why I'm holding him to a high standard like this. Have you ever bet on horses or even been to a horse race? I've been to uh, two horse races, only bet on a horse one time. You got a 50% ratio yes. rating going. Yes. Okay. Didn't win, but I did. I did. Do you remember the name on. of the horse? Uh, I don't. Okay. I don't. <laughs> it wasn't. Rockosaurus or, uh-huh, or no, no. Stone Frisbee? Uh, no. Okay. The I, I've never even been. I there's two sides to horse races that seem to be presented to us in all pop culture. White and white. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Both sides are undercooked for sure. Yes. The one side is like the face of it, classy big hat wearing lemonade sipping side fans. Fans, big hats. The the glasses on the the stick, the little uh, little <laughs> yeah, binoculars the, the, or whatever. The, the straw with binoculars <laughs> the on fancy it. Fancy binoculars. Yes. yes. White gloves. We'll uh-huh. say okay. Yes. The white glove side of it, and then there's the side of jockeys crush under hooves. And Bookie's threatening to break your legs. That's the other version that we're always given. And so either side feels wrong to me. Yeah. I don't like it. Listen, I went I went for the 4th of July celebration at night. The fireworks. <laughs> That's why I went well. Is that okay. why you bet? Did you bet on fireworks? No, I, Travis? I bet because I wanted to bet. Yeah. That's where I also well, you do lost. it. Everyone else was doing it. You lost and you deserve to lose. Mm-hmm. You're right. No, you're right. Gazoo apparently, the great Gazoo, I'm sorry. <laughs> He apparently agrees that you shouldn't have been betting. He says he's going to teach Fred and Barney a lesson. Uh huh. His job is to do good deeds while he's here. I yeah. guess he thinks that this is good, but he seems to just be taking offense that they want to bet on the horses, uh. on the horse dinos. <laughs> right. Which is a pretty high and mighty stance to take on gambling when you created a doomsday device. <laughs> That's why you're here. But he has the ability to predict the horse races, the winners, every time. To do everything, I guess. Uh, Basically. I don't know why he doesn't send himself back. I don't know if that's in his power. I like that this is an alien power that he would just come and be like, oh, of course these horses are going to win. This is why we have aliens locked up in Area 51 is because the government is just using them to predict sporting events. (laughs) Right. Yeah, we we have two aliens locked up in there. But Fred and Barney say, we can now make some clams. And clams are literally the currency. (laughs) I guess they're worth a lot because they're hard to get because the ocean is still very much their enemy (laughs) (laughs) at that stage in their development. Literal clams. clams. Yeah, clams. They're not Uh making scratch. They're making clams. As in how many individual clams will you give me for this? (laughs) Barney brings up the point. Wilma will never let you go to the racetrack. (laughs) Yeah, that's a thing. Okay, this is is where I I had to like almost stop the car. I did stop the cartoon for a moment after watching this exchange. Barney says, Yeah, well, uh, a woman will never let you go to the racetrack. Then Fred proceeds to lie to his wife and hide that he will be going to the racetrack to bet. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta hand it to you, Fred. You did it. <laughs> After all, I am the head of the house. You just said, I'm going to the races, and you walked out. Wrong. I said, we're going bowling and walked out. <laughs> Just talk to your wife, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You can work something out. Like, there's probably a reason she doesn't want you to go, and you have a right to say that you want to go. Just talk about it. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. And in this moment, when he tells Wilma where he's going or what he's going to do, Wilma is mom. 
Mm-hmm. Fred is hiding his schemes from her end. What keeps happening on the show is yeah. that he talks about the great gazoo and he has to keep making up reasons that someone would ever say that or why they're conspiring in the corner, yeah, the talking gag. to themselves. Yeah. She's been watching her husband slowly lose his mind. Mental health. Yes, yeah, right. for months now. And she just doesn't want to speak up about it. She's like, just I can't deal with this. Maybe that's why she just lets it go. But the classic sitcom situation that is in front of us here. I had to stop and just vomit up a Freudian analysis okay, of it. Yeah, okay, yeah, it, on me. it bothers me that this is just so written into our DNA as a culture. Because it, I mean, think of King of Queens. Like that wasn't yeah. that long ago, uh-huh. and right. that was still the same format. I'm a slow-witted lug of a man-child. Yep. I'm sweet-natured with my boyishness, and that's what won the affections of my attractive wife. Uh-huh. Secretly, I worry that she'll realize she can do better than me and leave me. <laughs> So I resort to secrets and lies to hide my immature behavior because I'm ashamed of it. Luckily, she got into this whole thing because she kind of likes the power of being mommy to me and my shenanigans. (laughs) Trope. So as long as I'm genuinely sorry at the end of the whole thing and we have this moment of semi-adult exchange of emotions or apologies, we can reconcile and the cycle continues. I will keep hiding things from my wife treat her like she is both stupid and all-powerful over me and the whole thing comes down to Fred is worried his wife will either leave him and go have sex with someone else cheat, or st- yep. cheat on him uh-huh. it all, and it's all from about emasculation and that is all about it's insane to me that this is what the car, that's well, what the cartoon well, well is di- no, well diagnosed and now we take their vitamins <laughs> our children are taking their to vitamins to live longer 10 million strong and counting <laughs> Barney's such a sub uh-huh. Already to Fred, because yes. Fred, I mean, Barney brings up he's the. But what about this guy? Uh-huh. They have the the relationship, also a classic sitcom relationship of whoever is loudest is smartest, and Fred just talks over Barney and says, "We're going." Yeah, and Barney <laughs> says, "Great, cool, let's do it. I'm in. I'm inferior to you." Fred and Barney do go to the track, and they win a lot. Yes, they do. They bring home. Many clams. Many ocean clams. And they're faced with their wives Uh immediately upon arriving home (laughs) who have their arms folded and already are expecting some kind of bullshit from these two kids. Mommy, there must be at least a hundred dollars here. Look, Wilma. I'm looking, I'm looking. If your best friend has a hundred, then you have a hundred. Hand it over. You've been gambling, haven't you? No. Uh. Just total horse shit. And this scene might as well be Dennis the Menace and his mom. She's taking his slingshot. Uh-huh. Trope time again. It's a shakedown. Mm-hmm. These ladies take their money. Yep. And despite being so against gambling, they immediately go shopping. Uh. Cave women be shopping. <laughs> That's why. They got to. Yes. That, that, they, this was established back in the BCs. Uh-huh. Yep. Women do the shopping. That's how it was it back in, what, 1960 BC, I guess. <laughs> And there's this weird scene where they cut to the wives at the department store yeah. and they're walking out. They've bought a lot of shit and they're walking out and they both start crying from guilt for buying themselves things and not their husbands. Mm. And it's just as, it's as though they're just trying to say, ah, those flighty dames, they can't handle it. It's it's, it's so strange because it's like they decide out of nowhere that they might have been wrong for taking the money after but well, then they go back and buy stuff for the guys. But I'm just like, what is what is this? What's happening here? Why did that have to be added? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The real problem, aside from the the marital like sex uh, sex war going on between yeah. these two couples, That's hot. yep, is that two guys 
were watching Barney and Fred very intently yes. at the horse dino tracks. Mm-hmm. One of them is named Stony, and I immediately thought of Encino Man, <laughs> but I couldn't get the name of the other guy. You got a bruiser with a tiny hat, yeah. <laughs> and then a squirrely guy with a toothpick, which is a cartoon version of a cigarette. We've we've seen this. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't smoke. Well, I don't know. I, they could have smoked. They pr- Maybe yeah. by the sixth season, you couldn't do that. <laughs> They'd figured it out, and the the reports were coming out. And Winston said, "Hey, hey, don't don't you don't want us uh-huh. in your show anymore." A few a few million had died at yes. that point. Yeah, this guy with the toothpick is leaning so hard he's almost horizontal, and that is how you know you're dealing with two gangsters. So what's the friend's name, funny man? Kazoo. Kazoo sounds like a sneeze. You know what happens to wise guys who tried to fool us? They see how these guys keep winning, and they say they must have a system. And they're rigging it. They're rigging yeah, it. Exactly. So they follow Fred and Barney home mm-hmm. and they barge in into the house. Yep. <laughs> One of them has a gun that's essentially a wooden slingshot just with a barrel on it. Yep. It's like a rubber band gun. But he, he brandishes this gun in Fred's face. <laughs> yes. It's pretty, it's pretty harsh. Home invasion. They want to take these two guys to their boss, Big Ed. That is not the name of a crime boss to me. Yeah, the, and they missed the opportunity for a good rock name. Well, they they said his name is Big Ed McRock. Oh. <laughs> the McRock is like what they serve at the Stone Age McDonald's. Right, yeah. yeah. It comes around once a year. The Rock Donald's. You heard the McRock's back? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Big Ed McRock. And just Big Ed is not like, I don't know. I guess the, the Sopranos hadn't been on the air yet. Uh-huh. But... These guys' accents and the way they treat their organized crime, it's just, they don't even, they don't seem like no, gangsters to childish, me. Yeah. And Big Ed is not a, a boss name. It is the name of someone who owns a diner uh-huh. or a mechanic's <laughs> shop, a right, garage. Yeah. You know, it's not the Big Ed family. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ed lives in the suburbs. These two guys take Fred and Barney to Big Ed, who just lives in another house, possibly a few streets over. Yeah. Did you, do you remember on The Sopranos when Polly Walnuts took a mope that was going to get killed over to Tony's house? <laughs> no, you don't do that. That's stupid. That is bad. You keep him insulated. Uh-huh. So these guys... They're not playing it well. No. I guess guns aren't enough. So Big Ed is all about chops. When they enter on this guy, Big Ed, who's the boss, he's just chopping stone tablets in half. I find this exercise very useful. Know what I mean? (laughs) When Fred and Barney come in and he's basically threatening them into telling him how they're winning at horses, he chops a boulder until it's a sculpture of Fred. How's this boulder to chop on, boss? Yeah, 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 fine. (laughs) That's a good likeness of the fat one, boss. When things go south (laughs) later, the entire gang is just using chops. They're all chops all the time. (laughs) Every chop. It's like on on GoldenEye on 64, the Uh all slaps mode. Like they're stuck on all chops, all slaps mode all the time. And a good chop... That's difficult to pull off. No, it is without it, hurting yourself. Oh yeah, it's bad. It's not good for no, your hand. No, why did we ever decide that as a way of hitting? You were landing on your weakest finger. I mean, it, I think a chop is only good if you're on the neck, on a soft tissue uh, neck. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Judo yeah. chop. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And you have to say judo chop. You have to fall firmly on a on a vein. Fred and Barney give them the names of who Great Gazoo says is going to win, <laughs> and they go off to the tracks 
leaving Fred and Barney behind. We will deal with you later. We'll let you go yeah. once we get our money. Once we win, yeah. Well, here's a few problems. One, Great Gazoo gave them the wrong mm, horses, yep. so they lost. Because Great Gazoo is still trying to teach a lesson. I don't know what the lesson is. At, at this point, he's just Don't lost. trust Great you know, Gazoo. Yeah, he's That's, lost. Yeah, don't ever deal with an alien. They yeah. fuck you over. <laughs> but the other thing, I... Look... You've seen their faces. Yes. You've heard their voices. You know their names. If gangsters leave you in a essentially a, an improvised prison and say, we'll be back later. Yeah. You will be found in the East River. Oh, yeah. You've seen your family for the last time. Yeah. You're not going to see your kids no. again. Not at all. It's not like, oh, they're going to come back and they're just going to let me leave this. I've seen their house. Yeah. I've been to his address now. <laughs> and it's one house over from mine. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they, I mean, they come back and that is where it's going. They're going to get chopped all to hell. Yes. Except that Gazoo finally says, okay, they've learned their lesson. Uh I guess the lesson is don't gamble. You will get chopped to death. (laughs) So Gazoo starts pulling out the stops and causing these, these gangsters to chop themselves. Yes. To death. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I don't know. We, We don't see them die, but they knock themselves out. Right. And then Great Gazoo makes a call to the police. Has them come pick up these chopped out gangsters with an imaginary rotary phone. <laughs> that is that is very funny, come actually. Yeah. He he. It <laughs> should, well, it's an improv rotary yeah, phone yeah, because yeah, you can't yeah. see it. Uh-huh. He's just doing the. He's doing <laughs> space work in yes. front of you. Space work. He does a lot of space work. He's nailing. He does. <laughs> Ooh, baby. But he calls the cops. Yep. And that that is how you stop gangsters. That's always how you do it. You put the mobsters in jail and that solves everything. They never reach out and get to you through other people that they still have on the outside or just stew while they're in prison for years. Mm-hmm. They're known for forgetting and for not holding grudges. So you you definitely should just send them to jail and that solves everything. I think what Gazoo has done is set Fred and Barney up because Guess what? Gazoo goes home eventually. Yeah. Not this episode, but uh-huh. eventually he get, he is allowed to return home. And I bet at some point, years in the future, like an old graying Fred answers the door and the guy says, you remember Big Ed? Uh-huh. This is for Big Ed. And Slingshot. then it's over. Yeah. <laughs> Slingshot through the stomach or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah that, or he gets chopped. And then he's poured into concrete somewhere. Exactly. Yep. That is not the end of it, though. No. You still got to deal with this storyline of... The, the wives who have... The, the cartoon beautiful beauty. Who've lost their minds, it seems, because, again, they just suddenly have, have an extreme mood swing, um, <laughs> which I, I don't think women just have. I think that's what maybe the writer... Maybe the writers were putting a little bit into the script. The juice into it, yeah. They, yeah, I bet, man, you can just imagine guys who are writing scripts for the Flintstones were just, like, typing up, smoking... Winston cigarettes. Dude, eating cigarettes. They were just eating them. Yes. Fred and Barney return home, and the only money that they have left is the $4 or whatever that they they, (laughs) that they they went there with in the first place. And the wives immediately ask for forgiveness. How can I ever thank you, buddy? By forgiving us for ever doubting you. Please, Fred, say you'll forgive us. Only if you'll forgive us for lying about going bowling. Mm. Uh, We went to the track and bet on the races. Mm. Thank you for telling us you're a dear. Um, <laughs> you were right to doubt them. They absolutely were lying to you. They're doofs. Y- mm-hmm. They're yabba dabba doofs. doofs. Yep. And you you owe them nothing. You owe them no apology. You need to cheat on them. <laughs> <laughs> no, just they should start threatening with that. Fred, I'm so bad. I'm starting to consider cheating. I'm going to cheat on you. They lied to you and you caught them. <laughs> and now you're apologizing. And the guys, I got to say, they apologize too. But they apologize for lying. Uh. So I don't understand where the, like... They couldn't let the woman just be accept an apology. It had to be that everybody's sorry. Uh-huh, right. I, it's so 
<laughs> they, they had to get a fast moral lesson in there. I, I, and what that is beats the hell out of me. <laughs> Sadly, the Great Gazoo, the, the addition of the Great Gazoo, uh, the <laughs> omnipotent space alien did not. You know, I think they did that with um, I think Mork from Mork and Mindy oh, yeah, originally yeah, showed one. up on Happy Days. That's the the birth of all shitty ideas for sitcoms, I guess, uh-huh. and good ones. They had a space alien show up and then spin off. Well, yep. Great Gazoo didn't spin off and he did not, sadly, save the Flintstones from cancellation in 1966. Obviously, yeah. they have stayed in <laughs> Our minds, they're in our blood, they're in every pore of us. They still haunt us every day. day. They are dead by now, so they're probably haunting some archaeology site out there. Uh If you hear, Wilma! Or or, or Yabba Dabba (laughs) Doo... You know what you're dealing with. Uh Not only did they have vitamins and many other products to keep shilling, but they kept showing up in cartoons, just not the original. Correct, yeah. They had a follow-up, 1971's uh, Pebble and Bam Bam show. With Pebbles and Bam Bam all grown up. Uh-huh. That's what we all were asking for. <laughs> right. We wanted it. Yeah, we asked for it. They they delivered. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's cool because the Flintstones show up. It is kind of like a, I don't know, like a Joni meets, meets, Ch- Joni meets Chachi. <laughs> that already happened on the show that came out before that. It's one of those things where it's like you you wait, I don't know, watching Frasier. It's kind of cool to see some of the Cheers people show up. And so the Flintstones as a family still show up in the show, uh-huh. but it's not about them. It's about these teenage or slightly grown up <laughs> versions. That's the thing that got me because I remembered it as Pebbles and Bam Bam are just straight up grown up because as a kid, when I saw this version of the show, one, they looked like adults to me. Two, Pebbles is drawn like a glamour model from the 70s. <laughs> like everybody else looks like a cartoon doofus. Yep. And she's drawn like with the long straight hair. And These just, boots are made for walking. Totally. And so that that's, I guess, why I thought of it that way. But it was cute. I remember watching it. <laughs> Cute. It was a little cute. The later in the 70s, mid to late 70s, educational films were the new game in town for the Flintstones. They don't care. They will put their names on anything. Once again, we didn't ask for it, but they they delivered. I mean, and who else would you want telling you about energy, colon, a national issue? On a world scale, mankind may use as much energy in the next 25 years as he did in all recorded history. If the supplies are available. What do you mean, if the supplies are available? Everybody knows there's more gas now than there ever was. And I don't know if in 1977 or whatever, the only people that kids would listen to in 1977 are still the Flintstones. And this seems like a Hanna-Barbera nightmare because all of a sudden it's like your supposedly adult sitcom characters are now only good for making kids healthier through vitamins uh-huh. and through tell- explaining to them serious issues of the day. Well, the Flintstones kept telling people what to do. In 1988, they released the Flintstone Kids Just Say No special on ABC. Including an appearance from... The first lady herself, Nancy Reagan, (laughs) the only other person equipped to talk to today's youth in 1988. Yep. I don't know what your thoughts are on watching more Flintstones episodes. I think they could be fun. Maybe. Gazoo. I think Gazoo all the way. Uh, That's the only way to watch the Flintstones. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But if nothing else, I think someday we will have to cover the Flintstone Kids Just Say No special featuring Nancy Reagan. Please. In a star turn. Please. Okay. It's agreed. (laughs) The 90s saw some Flintstones activity. Yes, they did. I have memories of being in a movie theater (laughs) and seeing the dad from Roseanne (laughs) 
Become Fred Flintstone. And the dad from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Be Barney. Be Barney. We're talking about John Goodman. We're talking about Ricky. Oh, Ricky Moranis. (laughs) Richard (laughs) Moranis. That's weird. I don't like that. The Flintstones movie, 1994. John Goodman, Rick Moranis, Elizabeth Perkins, Rosie O'Donnell, Kyle McLaughlin, Halle Berry, Jonathan Winters, the BC-52s, and Elizabeth Taylor. Steven Spielrock presents... The Flintstones. There was a CG Dino, and it looked like shit because it was 1994. And oh, what are you yeah. going to do? We we weren't figured. We didn't know that no. yet. And the thing that I remember from it the most is yeah. Halle Berry playing <laughs> Sharon Stone. <laughs> yeah, was her character's name. Uh-huh. Sharon Stone was a working actor in her prime at that time. And this character, who's like, she was the sex pot character, sex like pot. climbing all over John Goodman, <laughs> Fred Flintstone's desk, you know, trying uh-huh. to flirt with them. Sex pot. Sex pot. Uh, good, good use. Good use. Got to dip into that sex pot again. Yeah, baby. I'm about to run out. Before we wrap this up, I just want to point out yeah. that for all the, I mean, because Flintstone's shit keeps flying. I mean, look, if you go to Target right now, you're going to see Flintstone's cups. You're going to see Flintstone's diapers and all kinds of shit. It's out there. You can't run from it. No, you can't. It's in the system now. Yes. The Flintstones are. So you're not getting rid of it. You're not flushing it out. The main thing that I'm concerned with, and I want everyone to be aware of, okay. Flintstone vitamins are still on the shelf. Yes. They were 10 million Flintstone kids strong 30 years ago. <laughs> oh, man. That yeah. was 30 years uh-huh. ago. Yeah, so yeah. if it's not an idle threat that they're 10 million strong and growing, I don't know what the <laughs> expansion rate is, but I, we are probably dealing on a daily basis with a slew of Flintstone kids. We, we need to start looking at this. You're right. I, no, don't you're know, right. I don't know what they're after. I don't know what they want. I don't know what their value system is. All I know is that I don't take vitamins. Uh-huh. I ain't one, and I don't trust these kids. Some kid's just going to come in here and throw you around one day. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the threat. Yeah. These Flintstone kids have been genetically engineered Uh to overtake us. (laughs) The threat is alive, (laughs) sir. They will depose us. Yabba dabba, thank you Mm. for joining us today (laughs) on the Days Past Dooncast and our coverage of the Flintstones. Mm. See you again someday, Fred, when there's drugs involved and someone's got to stop taking them, right? Yes. Yabba dabba, do us a favor and get on over (laughs) to your podcast provider. Give us a five-star review and write us a review. It helps put the podcast in front of faces. And if you internet, make sure to go on Twitter and Instagram at DPTooncast. Get on there. We post stuff. You'll like it. You will like it. You have to. That's the <laughs> yabba dabba do guarantee. <laughs> All right. So as many of you probably know, Days Past Tooncast is a Texas-based operation, and we have had some very extreme weather conditions out here. So we're going to take a week off to catch up, and then the week after that, we're going to be celebrating a holiday. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if you have it marked on your calendars, people, but your best step to doing that because uh, we're going to be so I mean, we have President's Day. That's yes. already come and gone. And yet this is not a national holiday. Maybe it is in Japan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're going to be covering for Mario Day, Super Mario Brothers. That's a video game. I know, man, but it's also cartoons. Okay? Jesus, mom. Quit looking at me. We're going to be talking about Super Mario Brothers in their animated form for March 10th, Mar 1-0. Mario Day. That's good, baby. That's good. So get into some pipes, get into some overalls, start looking at your plumbing people. Until (laughs) then, please... Tutor, my duder, 
rock, we're rock, 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 rock. Tutor my tutor. Hello and welcome to the Days Past Tooncast. My name is Will. I'm Travis. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that caught me off guard so much. <laughs> Switching it up. I'm like a robot that suddenly can't function because you didn't say the right password. <laughs>